0: Both sentries were out cold, and R2's men quickly dragged them clear of the doorway. One weapon was kicked aside, the other picked up and cradled in the arms of the man posted as lookout. Two of the men pulled tools from rucksacks and set to work on the heavy hardwood door. The wrenching tearing sounds drawing nervous glances from the lookout who watched the buildings on the hill. There was a sharp, louder crack of splintering wood as both crowbars pulled together, and the door burst open, allowing the clawing scent of polished floors and woodwork to sweep over them. Artu stepped inside the open doorway, nodding in satisfaction as he stared at the huge iron safe behind the barrier of steel bars that bisected the office. Quickly he unslung his backpack and ordered his men forward— They had urgent work to perform. The barracks of the fourth Ghanaian rifles lay about six miles to the north of the mine, and normally the return to camp was a cheerful, talkative run. Tonight, however, after an initial exchange of banter, both guards sank into an uncharacteristic silence. Sergeant Nunsu, always alert to the moods of his men, looked over his shoulder at them. They seemed tired, almost on the edge of sleep. Still, he reasoned, the mind duty even at night was a hot, strength-sapping chore. He glanced at the white sergeant who sat beside him, quietly pleased that his men had been alert at the end of their long stag. By the time the Land Rover had turned into the camp gates, Privates Joseph Nati and Adami Kati were in a deep sleep, When his second command to dismount was ignored, Sergeant Nunsu became annoyed and pulled Natty roughly by the shoulder, snorting back in surprise when the soldier toppled from his seat and flopped to the floor of the vehicle dead to the world. He checked for the smell of alcohol, but there was nothing. Ganja! The thought leapt into his mind and his face became a mask of anger. Two minutes later, both unconscious men had been manhandled into the sickbay, and a grumbling nurse rudely wakened from his stolen catnap. The nurse flicked a penlight in both soldiers' eyes, took their pulses and checked their blood pressure. Like the sergeant, he dismissed alcohol, but unlike him, he also dismissed ganja. His voice sounded puzzled when he reported to the sergeant that both men appeared to be heavily sedated. Sedated? Sergeant Nunsu stared blankly at the nurse. How can they be sedated? They have just come off duty at the mine. The tired nurse shrugged his shoulders. I do not know how this is so. I only know I speak true. A puzzled Sergeant Nunsu ran his hand across his bullet-smooth head. But they are unconscious? Sedated, you say? I speak true, the nurse agreed. Maybe they eat something? Or drink? he added. Sergeant Nunsu shook his head. They would have eaten hours ago. And their water was finished. I saw the relief guards let them drink from their bottle when they took over. The nurse held his palms out in front of him. So, they take drink and now they are sedated. He looked up from the unconscious men and stared into the suddenly narrowing eyes of the sergeant. Despite the heat of the night, an icy chill stabbed through Nunsu's body. Urgently, he grabbed for a telephone. R2 and his men had been working furiously, filling the almost airless room with the musty stink of stale sweat as they laboured at their task. Two of them worked with a carjack, widening a gap they had made in the steel bars that divided the room in half. Inside the barred area, R2 knelt in front of the large safe, Wiping his streaming forehead as he delicately pushed a detonator into the wedge of gelignite he had force fed into the space behind the keyhole. Making certain the detonator was firmly in place, he backed off, paying out the blue torch cord until he reached the opening in the bars. Quickly, he checked that the